Thank you for tuning in to the Living Truth Church podcast. We're glad that you're here. If you'd like more information about Living Truth, you can check out our website at livingtruthchurch.com. We're also on Facebook and Instagram, but the best way to connect with us is through our Living Truth Church app, which can be found in any app store. Now for a message from the Word of God. We hope that God uses this teaching to impact your life. Wow. Um, What a last 10 days it's been. Uh, Actually, last couple of weeks, but uh, we're going to stop and pray in just a minute. And we've had we've had we've had several folks that have uh, actually lost their mom uh, lately, and uh, I got four or five people I know have had that and uh, situation, and others that we know that are going through some illnesses and sickness. And we're going to pray for these things, but. You know, I, I got to bounce off of what uh, Jeff Gray just shared. You know, it was, it was roughly about nine, ten days ago that they were uh, that we had a team. We had a team in the Dominican, in the Dominican, sharing them how to make disciples and make disciples. And and uh, one day this week, it might have been Thursday or Friday, in my quiet time, as I was just sitting and waiting on God, and He just God started just reminding me in that time that just that it probably was Friday, because Thursday night we had men here leading other men to Jesus. And that same night, we had some of our folks leading college students in worship of Jesus and to Jesus. And the morning before that, we had student ministry leading from our church, leading students in how to make disciples that make disciples. I say that not, I'm just saying that God reminded me of that on Friday morning as I was just sitting and chilling in him, you know? And it just was like, that's what we're supposed to be doing. We weren't doing anything extra. We were doing what we were supposed to be doing. And that's how it happens. And so Saturday morning, after all that, I had a guy that had been trying to contact me to say, what is going on over there? And I was on the phone, because I looked at my phone, you know, it tells you, 59 minutes. It went by quick, because I was telling him what? All the things that God was doing. Right? When you just say yes, and you just do the little things, he makes those things into big things. Let's pray. Father, we stand before you, people knowing we're not a worthy people, yet you call us out, you let us be a part of what you've got going on, and you yet you want to do greater things even. <laughs> Lord Jesus, help us to be an obedient people. Help us to live like we know you, Help us to take the time to get to know you. Help us to take the time this morning to get back on track. Maybe some have lost their way or even the temptation to lose the way is out there. And then, God, we want to pray and intercede for those this morning that have lost loved ones recently. You know, and recently could be 14 years ago as I'm thinking about a lady that told me about that. 
It's still in our hearts, God. And I pray, Lord, that you would help us in coping and living and making much of Jesus. God, be with us this morning. Help us to hear. Help us to come with bowed down hearts before you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Well, as you heard in the sermon bumper they gave it away, we're going to participate. You're going to be active participants in this serv- service this morning in the Lord's Supper. And if I, if I title this message, if I'm able to title it, it will be Never Forget. Never forget. Never forget what the Lord Jesus has done for us. So we continue our series Healthy Church. Each week thus far, I've reminded you that obedience to the commands of Christ are emphasized in the Great Commission. Teaching obedience is what we need to be doing as we make disciple-making disciples. What is it that God wants you to do? Do that. And most of that is written down in Scripture. And maybe he's written down in Scripture what he wants us to do to prevent us from thinking up stuff and saying, well, God called me to do this. Have you ever had somebody that was doing something totally stupid and they said that God told them to do that and you just wanted to, you know, felt like God was telling you to hit them upside the head? I mean, I've heard people, Christian people, allegedly Christian people, do some of the stupidest things, things that are definitely different from what the Bible says, and they told them God told them to do that. That's why most of what God tells you is just written down. Just do that. And if he's telling you to do something else, you you need to match it up with Scripture. He won't tell you to kill, he won't tell you to, he won't tell you to kill uh, the people that are doing bad things. He won't tell you to do. He, he won't tell you. There's just things he won't tell you to do. I mean, you compare it to the scripture. We read in the Old Testament, in 1 Samuel 15, 22, it says, And Samuel said, Has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord. Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to listen than the fat of rams. Now in this, in that passage, God told King Saul, the first king of Israel, told King Saul to destroy the Amalekites God had his reasons. You can read the story for that. But God told Saul to destroy the Amalekites. He told him to wipe them out. He said, no sheep, no oxen, nothing left. The king, kill them all. And yet you read the story that Saul spared some of the good oxen, some of the good sheep, and even the king. And I just got to read a little more. That's 1 Samuel 15, verse 10 and some of the story, but it says, then the word of the Lord came to Samuel. Samuel was the, 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 the prophet that, that, and, and, uh, over Israel that, that God was speaking to and speak to the king. He was the one that anointed him as king. So the word of the Lord came to Samuel. He said, 
God said to him, I am grieved that I've made Saul the king because he has turned away from me and has not carried out my instructions. What's that saying? He didn't obey me. Samuel was troubled and he cried out to the Lord all that night. I think we read the Bible too fast. He said, all that night. He's tore up about this. Early in the morning, Samuel got up and he went to meet Saul, but he was told that Saul has gone to Carmel, that he has set up a monument in his own honor, that doesn't sound good, and has turned and gone on down to Gilgal. Now, Gilgal was the place when the Israelites crossed the Jordan River, they set up a monument there so that they could be reminded of what God had done for them. I'm thinking he forgot. We say, never forget, right? I think he forgot. Verse 13, when Samuel reached him, Saul said, the Lord bless you. I have carried out the Lord's instructions. He's telling Samuel, the prophet, you know, who kind of knows stuff. He's telling him that I've obeyed God completely. But Samuel said, what then is this bleeding of sheep in my ears? What is this lowing of cattle that I hear? Mm, ah, I'm hearing all this racket. What, something's amiss? And Saul answered the soldiers. Oh, the soldiers brought them from the Amalekites. They spared the best of sheep and cattle. Oh, to sacrifice to the Lord your God. But we totally destroyed the rest. And Samuel says, stop. I just really read all that so I could do that. Stop. Sometimes God wants to say to us, stop. Quit pretending. This is me. I know. Samuel's the prophet. I know those sheep. You didn't do what God said to do. Stop. Samuel said, let me tell you what the Lord told me last night. I know what's going on. God interrupted my sleep to tell me what you did. Samuel said, although you were once small in your own eyes, did you not become the head of the tribes of Israel? The Lord anointed you king over Israel, and he sent you on a mission saying, go and completely destroy those wicked people, the Malachites. Make war on them until you have wiped them out. Why did you not obey the Lord? Why did you pounce on the plunder and do evil in the eyes of the Lord? But, but I did obey the Lord, Saul said. <laughs> oh, he wants to say stop again. I went on mission. The Lord assigned me. I completely destroyed the Malachites and brought back Agag, their king. The soldiers took sheep and cattle from the plunder, but the best of what was devoted to the God, God in order to sacrifice them to the Lord your God as at Gilgal. But Samuel replied, does, not, does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifice as much as in obeying the voice of the Lord? To obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed is better than the fat of rams. God would rather you and I do, I mean, just do what he says, obey, than some hard stuff, than some sacrifice, than to not eat for three days, or not, just do what he says. A few weeks ago, I reminded us that God can turn our simple obedience into what looks like radical obedience. By that, I meant 
we don't have to think hard and try hard to do great things for God. We simply obey what he puts right in front of us. King Saul had one job. You have one job. He's not, he's not asked you to do what he's asked me to do. He's not asked me to do what he's asked you to do. I mean, yes, there's some things that we all do as followers of Jesus. And of course, there's what Jesus said about obedience in John 14, 15. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. If you love Jesus, you will obey him. Obedience is how we show that we love him. So the healthy church is made up of members that just do what God says. And so we return to that main passage for our series regarding the first church in Acts 2, 38 through 47. And Peter said to them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promises for you and for your children and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. And with many other words, he bore witness and continued to exhort them, saying, save yourselves from this crooked generation. So those who received his word were baptized, and there were added that day about 3,000 souls. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and all and had all things in common, and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number, day by day, those who were being saved. Last week, we dove deep into that word koinonia. You see, Christ calls for this sort of fellowship, participation, unity among believers. And that bleeds over into this week's study as the fellowship of believers not only hang out, but join with one another in communion. That is, partaking of communion in Christ symbolically through the Lord's Supper. The Lord's Supper is important to the community of faith for several reasons, like remembering the death of our Lord. I mean, how often do we pause and stop and think about that? Taking the time to reflect on our own sin and what we need to get right, taking time to just pause in the Lord, reminding ourselves that we are in this thing together. We, we are in this thing together. And in so doing, maybe we need to get right with some of we.
some of our brothers and sisters maybe in the room or in the church in general. It's a time of forgiving and being forgiven for both of which are necessary and essential for the fellowship and the kind of koinonia that God desires and expects. Through our fellowship, we are to be a novel example to the world. It's a time of sincere reflection and getting back on the same page with the Lord. We frequently gravitate back to the old self. Can I get a witness? Indeed, we are prone to wonder. So we, we stop and reflect on the holiness of God and where we are in that moment. And that leads us to getting back to where we ought to be. You see, we need to be a reflection of his holiness. People need to see Jesus in you. This week, someone asked me, this week, somebody asked me about eternal security. Pastor, what about this once saved, always saved? I said, what? And he said, well, here's the reason I'm asking. I know this guy that he quotes scripture left and right. He, know, he can quote scripture better than me. I, I mean, he's like, he's there, but he's living like the devil, man. He's going over here with this woman, that woman, another woman. He said, you telling me he's saved? I said, I don't know if he's saved. But by the way, the devil can quote scripture. Right? So you might want to tell that guy that. Man, tell him, hey, bro, you, you really know the scripture. Man, you can quote it all. You're pretty good. You know what? The devil can quote it better than you. And you live a lot like him. The reason somebody asks that question is because when any of us say that we're a follower of Jesus, but we live in a flock of fool, when we live in like the devil, they weren't reflecting God's holiness. They were deflecting. Before we take our next steps leading up to participating in the Lord's Supper this morning, I must cover the main thing, and that is who participates in the Lord's Supper. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 13, 5, he says, examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves, or do you not realize this about yourselves, that Jesus Christ is in you? Unless, indeed, you fail to meet the test. Here's the question, is Jesus in you or is he not? If you, let, let me be clear. If you are not saved, that is, born again of Christ's follower, disciple of Jesus, then you don't partake in the Lord's Supper. Well, you don't partake in the, the remembrance of our Lord's death. You, you watch. You can, you can watch. That's fine. But you don't because, you know, what? it means nothing to you. See, this is, this, this is a we never forget moment for believers. But if you're not a believer, <laughs> you've got nothing to remember. The Lord's Supper is for believers. If you would like to be saved right now, that means you've heard enough 
The, the Holy Spirit has drawn you to the Lord, to the Lord Jesus, and right now you're like, yeah, I want to surrender my life to Christ in all that I understand. So let me share some things with you because I want to prepare your heart because if you've walked in here today and Jesus Christ is not the Lord of your life, then you would not participate in the Lord's Supper. But I want to give you a chance to do that right now. I want to let you have the opportunity. So here is the situation we have. We live in this world of brokenness, right? We know that the world is jacked up, it's messed up, right? We know that God created a perfect world, right? Where Jesus is beautiful, king, all that, and God has made it. Where we, but man has gone astray, right? The, the scriptures tells us that, that all we like sheep have gone astray. Everyone has turned their own way. So we are living in this world of brokenness, right? Anybody know what I'm talking about? All have sinned, fall short of the glory of God. And what happens in this world of brokenness, and maybe you're in that today, we, we try different things, right? We, we, we try different things like works. We try to work ourselves. We try to do good things. We try to t climb the top of the company ladder. We try to do good works for people to may maybe unbreak the world that's broken. Uh, we, we try things like substance abuse. We physical abuse, we sexual abuse, all these kinds of different things that happen. We even try religion because religion, you know, maybe we'll get some religion, right? Anybody ever tried to get some religion? Let me tell you, all of these things do not fix a broken world. So now we're messed up. See, there's bad news, right? For the wages of sin is death and we've all sinned, right? But there's good news but because Jesus Christ has come and we might have life, right? Eternal life. And so here's the opportunity perfect world. We can't get back there. Here we, we're messed up. Everything we've tried is not working. I'm hopeless. But then Jesus, 2,000 years ago, leaves heaven, comes to earth. He dies on the cross, cancels our sin debt. We, it really doesn't mean anything yet till he rises up on the third day, showing that he's got power over death, hell, and the grave. So Jesus has already defeated your worst enemy, death but you have to come humbly come before him and submit. You have to turn from your sin, follow Jesus in your heart and make him the Lord of your life. Paul was talking about this in Romans. In Romans chapter 10, he really wanted his Jewish brethren to come to faith in Christ. Man, he was like, he was at the point, he was like, man, I, just God send me. He was almost saying it this way. God, you can send me to hell if you'll save all my brothers. Moses had a moment like that too. In, Roman, in Romans 10, 8, he's just saying, the word is near you. It's so close to you. You, you know, and maybe you're here today and you've really come close at one time or another of turning from sin and following Christ. You said, I know the way, I've heard the way, I've heard this, I've been to church time too. I got a friend that shared Jesus with me and I almost did that because that's what we're saying. It's that close. Why, it, why is it such a big deal? Because there's somebody fighting you. But the scriptures tell us that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thy heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For it's with the heart, it's, just, it's a heart that we believe and we're made righteous. It's, it's with our heart that we believe and we're justified. And it's with our mouth that confession is made to salvation. For whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved.
If you're here this morning, in fact, I'm going to ask everybody to bow your heads. Particularly the thing you need to do right now is bow your heart. If you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, made him the Lord of your life, made him the king of your life, I want you to pray with me right now. And this prayer means nothing if you don't mean it. All right? All you're doing is that word, what I just said, confessing. You're confessing what you believe in your heart. So you just pray with me right now. God, I know that I have sinned. I want to ask you to forgive me of my sin. I believe Jesus is God. I believe that Jesus came and died on the cross for my sin. I believe he was raised on the third day. Jesus, I want you to come into my heart and be Lord of my life. Amen. Let me be clear. That means nothing if you don't mean it. All I'm banking on this morning is that somebody here, you've heard this before. God has put this on your heart. You came near and you're thinking, I'm doing that today. Because I know in my own heart, in my life, it was like that. The Holy Spirit wrecked me years ago. And I said yes to Jesus. Now, what we're about to do now is something that Christians do. If just now what we did, and you're like, I still, I'm still not really ready to follow Jesus, that's fine. That's okay. We want you to come here and be here, right? I could say take as long as it takes, but you don't know how long you got. But we have everyone that wants to be here in. So now we're going to take the time to get to remembering what Christ has done for us and get back to where we ought to be. Here's what we're going to do this morning. You see, we're doing a little differently. If you've ever done the Lord's Supper with us, it's probably different every time that we do it. But the elements are up here. And I've got five different things that I'm going to read for us to do. And you're going to take a moment of awkward silence. And when you feel like, hey, I should go up there and grab mine in, in the way they are, it's got the juice and the crackers on top. So you'll just grab one of these and take it back to your seat. If you're watching with us online, then you got to get something out the fridge and pantry. All right, just make it work. It's about the heart, all right? So first, we're starting with self-examination. 1 Corinthians eleven twenty-seven. Whoever therefore eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and blood of the Lord. Jesus was betrayed by his own people. They shouted, let his blood be on our heads and the heads of our children. I want you now to take time, and if it helps you to bow your head and close your eyes to do this, to block everything out, then fine. But take the time to honestly examine your own heart and what you did to put Christ on the cross. It's gonna be quiet, we got the music in the background, 
at any of these one, any of these pauses that you feel like it's time, God says, okay, go up here and grab the elements. You do it. I don't want everybody running up here at the same time. Do it just as I believe that the Lord leads you. I think he'll space us out, all right? And by the way, the question I ask you, you know, I have my notes to wait a few minutes, but it doesn't take long if you're honest because you know what you've done, right? So let's pause and do that. The next one is confessing my sins. First John 1 John 1.9 tells us if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. This is good news. Amen. God knows that we are sinners, and yet he desires that we confess our sin and ask for forgiveness so that he can forgive us. And you know that he will according to that scripture. So take some time confessing recent sins or that one sin that, as Hebrews says, so easily besets you. That one thing that you know that Satan throws at you over and over again. Or if you need help, What'd you do yesterday or what'd you do last week? That sin. Our next one that we come to, now that we've confessed the major sin, the sin that so be easily besets us, what we did last week, yesterday, 
Now's the time of recommitment. Romans 12, 1, Paul writes, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Now that you've fessed up, take the time to hit the restart button, the reset. You see, God is merciful. He calls us to present our bodies as a living sacrifice. He calls for us to be holy. And that simply means separate. A separate lifestyle from the rest of this corrupt world. This is our spiritual act of worship. Your lifestyle for God is worship. So take the time right now to pause and just, after you've confessed and saying, Lord, I recommit, think back to that day when you first accepted Christ. Take the time to recommit to the Lord. confessed our sin feeling a little better about ourselves we've recommitted our lives to Christ and Lord let me be if it, listen if you were ever better than you are with him right now that's what you want to get back to and then the next one might be the hard might be the hardest one I don't know restoring relationships Matthew 5 23 24. Jesus says, so if you are offering your gift at the altar and there, remember that your brother has something against you. Leave your gift, therefore, before the altar and go. First, be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. See, you cannot be everything God wants you to be and have something against your brother or sister in Christ. That's what Jesus said. So it's time to bury the hatchet. We said last week that we need a long-term memory of what Christ has done for us and a short-term memory of what others have done to us. That's right here and right now. We're doing this on purpose. You've been letting it go. You've had aught against somebody for quite some time. You know who it is and you know what it is right now in your heart they may not be here they may have already passed away give it up right now just take the time to do that Forgive and be forgiven. 
So you did that right now. Call them today, text them today, go see them, whatever. If they're in the third service or second service, hang around. <laughs> yeah, it's tough, isn't it? It's what Jesus called us to do, commanded us to do, because he knows we can't go any further until this is right. And then I like this last one. It's, I call it the catch-all. Psalm 139, 23, 24. This is in case you left something out. In case you've been sliding by, you're like, well, that didn't touch me. That didn't touch me. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Man, y'all got problems. It says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any grievous way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Because we know that the mind can be a terrible thing, right? I'm good. I'm okay. Y'all are messed up. So let's make sure this morning that we've left no stone unturned. We want to be fresh and restored with God and man. If you're here and you've been holding out, in fact, you almost responded to any of the above opportunities to get right, but your strong will held out one more time. Now is the time to pause and ask God to search your heart out and point out anything that you neglected because by your nature, your very nature, you think too highly of yourself. Let it go. Get it right. And ask him to lead you. And if you haven't picked up some of the elements yet, then now's the time you need to do that because this is number five. All right? So now, pause. I'm telling you, if you've gone this far, you said, well, it's almost over. I've almost slid by. No, and I'm going to shut up. Search me, God. Tell me, point it out. What did I miss? come before God in a pure heart and maybe on that last I'm thinking about that relationship when maybe there's somebody that you need to say hey we good and when somebody comes to you and do, does that tell them the truth now I got this I don't know we're good I'm not sure because I'm going to tell you I've found a lot of times that you're better than you thought. You didn't realize it. Somebody misunderstood something. And this is how you get, this is how you call the devil out. He'll make you believe something about somebody that, that wasn't there. Anybody ever been there? Right? You talk to people. All right. Where everybody's got their elements, we're going to participate in the Lord's Supper at this time. It says in Luke twenty-two fourteen 14 through 20, 
And when the hour came, he reclined at the table and the apostles with him. And he said to them, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he said, Take this and divide it among yourselves. For I tell you that from now on I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread, and when given thanks, he broke and he gave to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. And likewise, the cup, after that eaten, saying, this cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. This was a very special occasion. And after this moment, Jesus was betrayed by the very people that he would bleed and die for. In the Lord's Supper, we remember Christ's death. We should never forget what Jesus has done for us on our good days or on our worst days. Huh? Sometimes on our worst days, we're thinking, well, where's God in this? You need to time out on that. So let's live for him. See, as Paul wrote, and he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but live for him who died for them and rose again. God wants us to live in communion with him. Yes, Jesus was killed on a cruel cross and his friends let it happen. Well, you ever want to say that? Well, friends like that. You see, the Father sent him. Jesus came on his own. And catch this, the Holy Spirit did not interfere. Do you don't think he had an ability to stop it from happening? The Holy Spirit today stops all kind of chaos from happening. You don't think he could have stopped the Lamb of God from being killed have you ever had to stop and watch something and had the power to stop it think about that I thought I I really thought about that I thought about that when I was looking at this God allowed Jesus death because it was part of the long plan And we can't even make it to church on the short plan. Followers of Jesus will eat and drink with Jesus one day. Revelation 19, right? And so as we end this morning's service, we're going to end this way. We're going to praise the one who died for us and lives in song. But I want to say this before I say, pray for us. 
this morning, if you made any kind of commitment, any kind of decisive next step this morning, please let us know, fill out that connect card so we can help you follow up. See, that's our way of helping you with accountability because you made a decision this morning that you want to keep and honor to God. But if you walk out of here and nobody knows about it, then if you're like the rest of us, you may not honor that. Fill out the connect card. Let us know if you've accepted Christ today and we can help you follow. If you want to follow into a believer's baptism, we might baptize next week. I looked at the weather. I don't know. Uh, the week after that, it's about the same. Hey, we'll do it if, if y'all will do it. Uh, getting into a small group, in a D group, any of those things. If you're wanting that, fill out the connect card, whether it's online, through the app, or the physical card. Do that this morning so that we can help you. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We trust you. We are dependent on you, God. I know people made said some things to you this morning. Some of them sounded high and mighty, God. Lord, maybe I pray that we follow through with the things that we say, God. Lord, you know our heart and we mean we want to do the things that we said. We need your help. We are a desperate people. God, help us, Lord. We love you, Jesus. Thank you for coming and dying on the cross and saving us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 1 Thessalonians 2.13 says, And we also thank God constantly for this, that when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as the word of men, but as what it really is, the word of God, which is at work in you believers. We know that that's what happened this morning. We hope and we pray that you know that as well, that we didn't speak words of men this morning. We looked at the word of God, the the inspired word of God, and we talked about that. And we know that whenever that happens, whenever people come together and we hear the word of God, God is working in us. He's changing us. And we, we hope that you are ready to take some next steps as a follower of Jesus, maybe a first step as a follower of Jesus. And we've tried to make those next steps easy. So you can either go to our website, livingtruthchurch.com and fill out the connect card, which will have some different options for things that God may be prompting you to do. Or you can download our app in the app store, Living Truth Church, and go to the next steps tab in the app. And there's some options with, with different things that God may be prompting you to do or pushing you to do. But whatever it is, we pray that you will take that next step as a follower. Because we we believe that if we're coming together and we're hearing God's word and he's trying to, to mold us and to, to look more like him, then if we leave here unchanged, we've wasted our time. We, we know that if God's word is proclaimed, we should be different. And so we hope that you'll take those next steps and we would love to come alongside you as you take those steps. Um, right now, I just ask that you'll join me in prayer. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for this time that we have together to look at your word and, and we thank you for your presence. God, I pray that you'll move in the hearts and lives of every person that's engaging with us this morning online. We pray that they'll leave here different than when they got here. God, we know that it's only you that can do that. God, and so we ask you to do what only you can do. We love you. In your name we pray. Amen. Y'all have a great week.